When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Trot's Life with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. I'm with Mick Guerin. Firstly, Mick, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, Toby, I'm very well. I'm very happy. Uh, I'm in Auckland. I'm writing stories about a whole bunch of different things today. I'm writing stories about the Miracle Mile, yep. harness racing at Alexandra Park because the track got washed away there and they yeah. replaced it. Uh, the New Zealand Galloping Derby is on Saturday, and I'm halfway through a story on Imperators quoting James McDonald about what he thinks she'll do in the Group 1 with the second part of the story in Legato. So there's a bit going on at the moment. Um, how I start my day for the massive day on Saturday is I start it with a two-hour radio show for yeah. SENZ, so this parent company's sister station yeah, in yeah. New Zealand on the New Zealand Derby. So we do a two-hour galloping derby show from 8 till 10. I then drive to the airport. I wow. fly to Sydney. Yeah. Um, I land in Sydney. I've got a room booked at Sydney Airport where I can watch the New Zealand Derby because I have to write the story on the New Zealand Derby for the New Zealand Herald. I then meet my good friend um, and Sky host Ryan Phelan at Sydney Airport at 3.30. Jump in the car, drive to Menangle, and we'll be on air at Menangle at 5.30 on Saturday night on Sky Thoroughbred Central and Sky Active to host the Miracle Mile coverage. And I think, Toby, I'll get to the hotel about 1.30 (laughs) a.m. on Sunday morning. So it's going to be a really cool, fun Wonderful day, and I'm lucky to have these opportunities. So I'm really looking forward to covering both codes in both countries on the same day on Saturday. Well, tell us about, before we get in the Miracle Mile and we go into depths, tell us about the track there. Is it is it far away from being ready to go? No, it goes tomorrow night. So tomorrow. for those who don't know, Auckland's had some really bad weather, as has the whole of New Zealand. And uh, obviously, very sadly, people have lost their lives. So the track's largely yeah. irrelevant, but yeah. we're talking about racing stuff. Um, track got washed away because it's on a camber like all harness racing tracks and basically the water just took it all away and, and rutted it and, and stuffed it. That's the technical term. It was stuffed. <laughs> so they took it all off. They took the whole the whole of Alexandra Park track came off hundreds of tonnes of sand and rock and dirt. And they took it off and they replaced it. Uh, they managed to turn it around in the space of a month and they returned to Alexandra Park for racing tomorrow night. And it's much needed because... Auckland's the biggest city in New Zealand, and without me racing there, people start to lose interest. So they race tomorrow night, and then they race through some very serious stuff like the Derbies, the Oaks. Akuta returns to racing there next week, and uh, they go to Cambridge for the race by Brins, but then they return for the Taylor Mile, the Messenger of the Auckland Cup. So really pleased Alexandra Parker's back because you need those races to be front and centre of your biggest economy in New Zealand. Otherwise, harness racing starts to become the other code. Uh, and, and it's important that we that it doesn't become that. When you say they turn it around in a month, they're not racing in the right way now. 
<laughs> no, you know what? They, they actually have discussed it a few times over the years. Yeah. They recambered the track about about ten years ago, yeah. and it used to be that when Australian horses or South Island horses came to Alexander Park, it was often a mess. They just couldn't cop it going right-handed. Yeah, yeah. Once they recambered it, very few of them seem to really wow. struggle with it. They often struggle with fresh up. But most of them cop it second up. Um, they learn, and you can slightly re-gear them and stuff. And you've seen that you know, through hot trotters like, like, like Ucaracha coming to Alexander Park, got beaten fresh up one second up on a road cup. Uh, Wagon Apollo on a road cup here. So most of the Aussies have copped it. We've had um, you know, some pretty good horses that run seconds or those sort of placings and into dominions and stuff. So usually when the trainers pay attention to what happens in the first start and correct it for the second start, they're fine. Probably not much like unlock Menangle. When they go to Menangle, so many horses don't pop it fresh up and then they'll pop it the second time round way better. But that's a different thing. It's not about the direction of the about getting used to having your lungs open up that much in the first quarter. And mm. I've been telling trainers for 10 years and some of them don't believe you. And I've got a text this week from Steve Telfer, a New Zealand trainer. He said, you're completely right. He said it's just so different over here. Uh, and you can't tell people till they go, and that's why experience is crucial. And that's why I think this week in the Miracle Mile, more so than any harness race I deal with ever, of all the harness races I deal with, Derby's, New Zealand Cups, everything, the Miracle Mile's the most important race with the form. You can win a New Zealand Cup if your last start wasn't great, because you might be a standing start, true two-mile horse, and yeah, you'll cop it yeah, better than others. Yeah, yeah. But with the Miracle Mile, to get in the race, you have to be in form. You have to have won the Newcastle Mile, the Chariots of Fire, the Mears Race, or one good of the Preludes. So you can't be in a Miracle Mile unless you're in good form. Mm. So if you get to the Miracle Mile and there's any chinks in your armour, everybody's seen them in the last two weeks because every horse in this race has to have raced in the last two weeks. They have to race over a mile and they have to have performed against very good horses. So for that reason, I think it's a race which, when you go back over the last 12 years, since it's gone to Menangle, no horse has won a miracle mile coming off a bad run. There's never been a horse where they've gone, "Mm, that was only okay last week. Wow, it's turned up and won the miracle mile. They don't do that. The horses who win the Miracle Mile, I've found, Toby, are the horses who their last run was impressive, whether it was coming from back in the field, but more often than not, the horse who wins the Miracle Mile has won its previous start. And that previous start will be the Chariots of Fire, one of the preludes, and to a lesser degree, the Newcastle Mile or the Ladyship. I'm willing to dismiss those two. Mm -hmm. So once we start getting to that list, you say to yourself, you've got... Obviously, Honolulu Bay, you've obviously got Spirit of St. Louis, you've got Catch a Wave, and then there's the question mark also the racing captain Ravishing, who I'm totally willing to forgive on the last run, and I expect a better version of him to turn up this week. How much better, I suppose, is the question. Yeah, it's an intriguing race, and yeah, I just spoke to Cam Hart, you know, and She's $41, Brayview Kelly, but off her effort last week, you know, just in isolation, could you imagine Captain Ravishing sat three wide like she did, went to the chair and ran the time she ran last week and went into this race? What we'd be saying about that effort? Well, that, 
or <laughs> you know, take catch a, catch a, take catch a wave out of the chariot of fire. So what I do often with races is I look yeah. at them and I ignore the winner. I say to myself, the winner's not there. Or if I'm looking at a winning horse, I take the second horse out and say, pretend this isn't there. It's a really good exercise for you to understand what you're seeing. Take catch a wave out of the chariots of fire. Captain Ravishing would be unbackable on this Miracle Mile because Captain Ravishing would have led. He would have jogged around in 149 and 1, and people would be saying, oh, he's unbeatable. He could have gone 47. He could have yeah, done yeah. this. He could have done yeah, that. Correct, yeah. So if he was out of it, inversely, take Captain Ravishing out of the, out of the chariot to fire. Remove him from the, from the finish. We'll catch away he's one by four. And he's gone 149 jogging, and people go, dear God. And it's a really interesting process because... So often margins reflect our opinion on things. Um, for example, Captain Ravishing won the Bonanza by a cricket pitch. He won the the Breeders by Damn. 31 metres, I think it was. Um, put Catch a Wave in those races, and he either hasn't won them or he's won by three metres. And all of a sudden, your markets change. And it's a really interesting process if you want to look at things unemotionally because big margins create enormous emotion in people. But often big margins mean nothing. And Brave You Kelly, if you know, you put some poor mares in that race, she's not up against the Moro Vita, she wins by fifteen metres, which is probably nine dollars for the miracle mile. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the one horse who I don't have any question marks about this week in the Miracle Mile or the least question marks about is Honolulu Bay. That's why I just keep coming back to him. Mm. He's been able to win from back in the field. He's obviously a proven Menangle horse. His form is exemplary. His last three starts have all been outstanding. Uh, and I don't think he needs to get involved in the early burn, Toby, which means he finds himself in a really nice position. Now, yes, he is going to need some pressure mid-race, you would think, but he seems to actually enjoy races with this mid-race pressure because they come back to him. So he's my top pick. I think it'll be a Victorian win. I think it's really hard to see how Spirit of St. Louis holds him at bay. I don't think Brave U Kelly can win, and I don't think Spencer Bego can win. I just think it's hard to see how he can hold them at bay if there's a secondary wave of pressure. I think Mark Dan will pressure him early. And if he gets across him, then he's no longer the master of his own destiny. I think if he holds the lead spirit of St. Louis, then there's a really good chance Catch a Wave comes knocking or Captain Ravishing comes knocking. And if they all settle and say, we're not going to have a crackle, then Luke McCarthy's got to take off an expensive ego. And then you got to ask if the stable mate hands up. So every time you put all those equations into your head, the water keeps coming out as a Victorian. And in order, as best I can work those out, I think Honolulu Bay is clear top pick. And I think he'll start close to about 2.2 because he was heavily backed in the last five minutes before Hunter Cup. Catch away for me second pick, but that could be Captain Ravishing. I don't, I don't really split the two. I think they're very, very comparable horses, just very different horses. I do think Catch away is handling the travel to Menangle better than Captain Ravishing. Both times Captain Ravishing's got off the float. He's looked quite ribby and skinny, and that was again today. Um, not a bad thing, just the way he is. Whereas Catch a Wave seems to really be copping it really good. Um, and then I think you're back to Spirit of St. Louis. But I'll be really surprised if it's not a Victorian victory uh, in the Miracle Mile. Go back to Spirit of St. Louis, right? I think everyone suspects Hurricane Harley will be diving to the pegs. 
Honolulu Bay is not going to come out that hard. He's going to have a lot of space to his right. If MacDan's coming hard, I reckon Jack Callahan will be off the mark as quick as as quicker than Catch a Wave can get there. Uh, you know, like he'd be one off the fence, and he'll be the first person up to MacDan for the retake. I think Jack Callahan will be thinking, "I'm going to get off the fence here as quick as I can." MacDan comes charging, that's fine. Let him cross, and then he's going to try and work to the front because he'll have that space to do it with Hurricane Harley oh, look, on a little bay absolutely. not there. Absolutely no doubt you're right. One hundred percent is exactly what he did last week with Penny Tiger. Correct. If he gets crossed, he'll be able to retake. But the question is, once you're burned up for that much, and I think we all know he's probably not a genuine fast-paced leader. Yeah. He yeah. went 52 last week, but he doesn't want to go 48 in front. He can do it, but I think it leaves him vulnerable. I think Kate Gaff, on a horse who clearly is in the zone, gets the option to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a crack. I'm going to come knocking here and soften you up again. And... If that happens, that really brings Honolulu Bay and Captain Ravishing into play. Now, I'm only guessing on Captain Ravishing because, to me, he's exactly the same horse he was two weeks ago. He hasn't lost any cast in my mind because yeah, I don't right. think he was unbeatable then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think sitting back in the field, I'm putting my... Look, I'm, I'm reluctant to say horseman, cast, but so I'll say horse lover. Putting my horse lover cap on, I think he had a niggle. Whether it was mental or physical in the chariots of fire. And it doesn't need to be a big deal. It can be a knee, it can be a back, it can just be something that needs clicking into place. It could be a hoof. Horses have all sorts of issues all the time. And they're good trainers. I mean, you don't get to win as many group runs as are one if you're not good trainers. So they've had two weeks to fix something up. If it's there, I think it's probably something there because most good horses don't race with their head on the side. And he's been racing with his head on the side for quite a while. So I think maybe there's a niggle there, and who knows what it is. And if they've worked it out, and you're legally, there's no issues, you're allowed to treat a horse 10 days out from a race, so maybe they treated them last week with a little jab. And that's perfectly legal. It happens in all codes all the time. Yep, yep. But I'm just trying to give punters the best information. If that's the case, and he sprints up straight and doesn't put his head on the side, because you can't go maximum speed with your head on the side. It doesn't yeah. matter what you are. Yeah, correct. It's just, yeah. It just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he might sit on the back of Honolulu Bay and get dragged into the race and just go straight past him. So I backed him, I backed him on Monday. I thought, how is – it's really hard because it's, it's such an emotional horse. I haven't, I haven't dealt with a horse who has so much emotion about him. The only time I've dealt with a horse who's had this much emotion about him in harness racing is on the mighty clip. Because everybody in WA thought he was the greatest horse ever born, and everybody who wasn't from WA didn't. And it's really hard to talk about Captain Ravishing because – People get angry with the horse that they think a superstar doesn't win, and then they blame you for wanting to death ride it. But it's just money. It's just the horses don't care. They don't listen to the radio shows, and they sure as hell don't read the paper. <laughs> so he's the same horse as he was two weeks ago. Correct. So if he was $1.90 to win the Miracle Mile two weeks ago, and he's the same horse, and he absolutely is. In fact, he might be a better horse because the chariots of fire may have exposed mental or physical fragility which these guys can work on. And then can we go back? Are these guys good enough players to go to Manangor Gordon win? Yes. yes, they do it all the time. Yes, they've got Honolulu Bay. So if he's a better version, the Chariots of Fire might help him win the Miracle Mile. So I backed him on Monday because he's exactly the same horse. And what I'm getting is four times the price because you're only dealing on profit margin. The profit margin was 90 cents in the dollar. Now the profit margin is 400 cents in the dollar. 
Well, you've got to back him. If you thought he could win two weeks ago, there's no reason he can't win now. As I said, the only thing I don't like about him is, is he just looks a bit light when he gets off the float. But a lot of those big racy horses and naturally athletic horses can look a bit light because they use a lot of energy when they do everything. Um, but it's really interesting. Look, it's, the one thing I'd like to see from the Miracle Mile is people enjoy it for what it is. Like, there's yeah, a lot of good yeah. people in this race. Like Jack Trainer's a good young kid. Tim Hart's a champion. We know the McCarthy's. The Emma Stewart team, they've got some great people there. They're doing a super job. And, you know, Amanda Turnbull, David Moran, you know, Mark Pitt, these are good people. And I hope they enjoy the race. But I'm, I'm fearful, Toby, for harness racing because everything at the moment wants to seem to be a shit fight. I said, you said, he said, she said. It's just like the horses don't care. And you know what, Toby? The harness racing trainers don't care. They all hang around with each other. They, they don't really care what you think. I mean, I just, I'm, I fear that all our good races now are becoming some weird competition about what I picked and what you said and what I said. And, you know, Toby, for the punters, they'll run the Miracle Mile and the next day there'll be another race. Six hours earlier, there's New Zealand Derby. You know, there's Australian companies. I think we're getting way too caught up in what it all means. Let them run. Enjoy them. And... Really, when you go to bed on Saturday night, unless you own one of these horses, your life will be exactly the same regardless of who wins the Miracle Mile. That's the attitude I take to it because I have to deal with both codes. I understand for lots of other people, it evokes a different type of emotion, but personally, I think emotion is the enemy of analysis, and it's been proven to be for me. I've said a couple of times on this show already, Mick, for me, it's become like a Melbourne Cup. Anything could win the race. I'm not so interested in, in even trying to find the winner. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what the spectacle will be. Yeah, and, and often those things can change. Like, I remember going to the Victoria Derby, which was Victoria Cup night, and I thought Captain Ravishing was a good thing in the Victoria Derby because uh, I'd fallen for the hype a little bit, and I'd probably underestimated leak to fame because there was no hype. And I was standing in the parade with Shannon O'Sullivan, and he came out and he had two handlers on him. Now, I've been to harness races all over the world, and I would have seen two handlers on a harness horse four times in my life. Oh, you just that, never yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and obviously, flips in the car, so there's three people on the horse. <laughs> and that's not detrimental. That's because he's got so much energy. He's so fast, and he's so big, and he loves using it. But when I changed my opinion in the eight minutes before the race, and it's the same as the Miracle Mile. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go down to the stables. I'm going to every horse I can and come back to the people on Sky, Thoroughbred Central, and try and tell them what we've seen. But uh, one thing I've learned from, you know, the best horse I've seen in the last 10 years in Australasia, Toby, was, was Lazarus. He was an unbeatable freak at his best. And I'm talking in the post-Blacks of Fate era. But by the time he got to the Miracle Mile, he had no chance. And that's where I think big statements about horses being superstars and they won't beat them and that stuff. I think they're usually detrimental to punters' ability to back winners because so often things change in a week-by-week basis because there's a lot of travelling, there's a lot of change in distances, and the percentages between winning and losing are so small. And we've seen that very recently with Copy That. So that's what I'm going to go there and do. I'm going to go there and enjoy it like you are, but I'm also going to go there and look at these horses and try and say, what am I actually seeing here? Because confirmation bias, we end up with you having a far smaller bank account on Monday than you have on Friday night. 
Not for me. I don't bet. Mick, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Enjoy your big day Saturday. And uh, I'll be on Trot's Vision, so I won't see much of your coverage, but I'll be keeping one eye on all the races at Menangle. Mate, I'm glad you'll be keeping the uh, the Trot's Vision coverage warm for us all, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm correct. looking forward to it. It's a great opportunity. I'm lucky to be able to do both. I'm looking forward to having a great day at the office. Good on you, Mick. Thanks, mate. There's Mick Gurren, and I'll say it once again, Miracle Mile discussions are like beers for me. Every time I have one, I'm more confused. So let's get a break away, uh, and we'll come back the other side. Jamie Cockshut will join us. We're going to get Rowan Hill here on as well at some stage for a long chat too. Let's get to this break. Plenty more still to come on your Thursday edition of Trot's Life.